This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's Jan here and welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. As always, a brand new episode and as always, how you doing? Now, I know that you can't respond to me here on <laughs> while you're listening to the podcast. Sorry, I won't hear what you say. But if you like to interact, make sure to go to Instagram at Langpreneur, send us a DM, you know, any questions that you have about building an online language business, um, you know, anything that you want to share about the podcast, suggestions for people that we should interview, I would love to interact with you. So make sure to go to Instagram at Langpreneur. Um, see you there. Now, um, just a quick update, you know, about some of the things that we have been working on here at Langpreneur. Um, yeah, this month we started working with uh, new coaching clients. Really exciting. Um, we still have the group coaching programs coming uh, going on. And recently we also got a few established Langpreneurs reaching out to us asking if we could help them out with their marketing. And um, yeah, we started working with a new influencer last week so that's also really exciting uh, really love working with these people um, you know it makes everything just much more fun if you can work with people that you like um, and at the same time we're still doing these interviews of course which is really cool which i really enjoy um, you know getting to know all these people their stories learning all these lessons and, and of course sharing everything with you guys here on the podcast so in today's interview, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of running an online language business versus a physical language school. We're going to have that discussion with Anja Spilke from Zaloa Languages. Anja is German, but she moved to Mexico about six years ago. And uh, well, the plan was to only stay for six months and then go back to Germany. But she saw an opportunity in the market. Uh, she saw that there was a big demand for German or for for German lessons, so she didn't wait and she started a language school. Now the language school grew really quickly, and you know at a certain point at its peak, it had about five hundred students. Now when COVID hit, she was well, she wasn't forced to close its doors, but she decided to take her entire language business online. Um, yeah, so in this interview, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of running an online business versus an offline business. We're also going to talk about uh, what to look for in a new business partner um, because Anya runs, uh, well, Anya has a business partner. How networking with like-minded people can free your mind and can really help you make important decisions. This is something that we talk about all the time, but uh, Anya is going to share how... Um, Everything changed to her for her when she attended one of our events, actually. I didn't know that at all. Um, we're also going to talk about the importance of honing in your niche and how niching down has helped Anya in her business. Um, why she took her business online. Obviously, COVID was one of the reasons, but was actually not the main reasons because she had her, she already did have plans to take her business online before COVID hit in Mexico. And Anya is going to share her best tips for Langpreneurs like you. So if you're ready, then let's get started. Here's my interview with Anya. Hope you enjoy. Hey Anya, welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Hi Anne, thanks for having me. Well, so first of all, let me maybe briefly introduce myself. So my name is Anya. Um, I live in Mexico. I'm originally from Germany. Uh, on social media, I often use the name Anja from Alemania because it describes uh, very well um, my origins as well. Um, so in 2014, I moved to Mexico, um, wanted to stay six months. Well, it's been six years now. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, in 2015, I started uh, my language business called Zaloa Languages. Um, in this year's uh, Polyglot Conference and in next year's Polyglot Conference, I'm also the uh, co-organizer. And um, yeah, I think this is the most important. 
Yeah, so tell us a bit about that, you know, when you went to Mexico, because did you go to Mexico with the intention to teach there or do you have a background in teaching? Tell us a little bit about, you know, all, all of those things that happened. Sure, in sure. So, no, it was, it was not at all my intention. Um, and I think this is uh, one of the first things that I'd like to share to, to just trust the, the process sometimes in life. So basically my initial idea um, the reason why I moved to Mexico was because of my master's studies. It was just my last semester. Um, I had worked before in, in Switzerland and always in, well, big corporate business. And, mm. um, and I had already realized before doing my master's that this was not for me. So um, I think the reason why I wanted to work was never just only the money, but maybe to have um, a stronger impact in, in others' lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so then in 2015, after having worked in Mexico for another uh, corporate organization, um, mm-hmm. I realized, okay, this is definitely not what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the impact was just too small for me. And, uh, and so I started Zaloa Language, and my initial idea was completely different. <laughs> So basically, when, when I started everything, I registered the, the company in, in Germany just because it was easier um, with a German citizenship doing it in my own country. Um, and it was 100% online business at the beginning. And that was the initial plan. Um, and, uh, and then because it was online, I could do it from anywhere in the world. And that was also the reason why I started my business, because I wanted to to be free, I wanted to, to be able to work from anywhere in the world. I guess this is the reason for, for many people. Yeah. Now this is not my, my main reason anymore, but back then it was. Um, and uh, yeah, and so doing the online stuff from Mexico uh, and talking to a lot of people here in Mexico, a lot of people asked me, hey, can't you help me with German? And then I told them, yeah, so I have this online business and you can take classes online in <laughs> German. <laughs> But again, this is Mexico and back in 2015, well, it was not even the market I wanted to focus on, but this market, the Mexican market was not ready for any online business. So they started asking me, but can't you teach me here? And I prefer face to face. And then I said, yeah, sure, let's do that. And I just did it with friends, first of all. And then I realized because the the, the city where I live is is, is very traditional on the one hand, but then also very international on the other hand, because there's a lot of big companies like Volkswagen, the German companies, German is a thing here. And obviously there's German schools as well. Like Volkswagen, the company has its own language school, for example. Um, But then again, where I live, where we have a huge university with like every year, 400 international uh, students and so I realized that there was like no physical school here. <laughs> also, the, the next one was like, well, seven kilometers away. Yeah. And, uh, and so basically, because this is very much how it works in Mexico, it's, it's mouth to mouth. And so then more and more people started asking me about other languages, about French, about English, and then even other foreigners about, about Spanish. And then I realized, okay, I, I can't do it myself because I always had this mindset that I, I, wanted, I wanted it to be native speakers. And I realized, okay, this is a market. This is a market and I, I don't know why people haven't seen that market. So basically, I studied business. So I was always very, very interested in business. And language had just always been a passion, let's say. Um, and then I realized, okay, there is a market. So let's analyze why no one has taken this opportunity so far. Started analyzing a little bit, saw like some, yeah, some barriers. But then I was like, well, okay, these are barriers that, that are actually doable. And so I, I, I just opened a, a physical school and I started very small. It's just one classroom. And after only four months, this wasn't enough. And then I had to look for a bigger space with more classrooms. And I started adding more and more classrooms. And then this whole online business was just like, okay, I don't have time for that anymore. So it had never been like a, an actual decision to say, 
I'm doing offline now. It was just the market was there. And when you see a market, why don't you take the opportunity, right? And yeah. back then I was very young still. Hmm. So I did not think that much, I think, about, about consequences. So initially the idea was to run an online business, travel the world, or just spend more time in Mexico because that's a country that you already loved or why did you go to Mexico and not to? Exactly. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had studied in, in Mexico before and, uh, and I wanted to, to, to stay longer. That was definitely one of the reasons, but I never wanted to find a job because job conditions are very different in Mexico compared to European countries. I guess we can a little bit compare it in terms of like vacation, et cetera. We can compare it to other um, North American states, uh, the US, Canada. So for me, having my family in Germany and my friends in Switzerland, where I used to live for over five years, and then my friends in France, I never wanted to, yeah, to have only like five, year, five days of holiday during the, day, uh, during the year. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that was one of the main reasons why I wanted it to be online. So how do you start a language school in Mexico? I mean, you still had, do you already have Mexican citizenship or like, no. where, where do you start? I mean, you need to, I guess, fill out a lot of papers, deal with oh, yeah. contracts, residence permits. I don't know. How, like, how does, it, how does it work? Give us an overview of some of the so things. It is very complicated, definitely. Um, I'm not sure if I would recommend this process to anyone, but it is definitely very, very complicated. So basically, when I started this, I still had my company registered in, in Germany, which, which made it a little bit more difficult. So I, I could send invoices because I started having my first B2B clients as well, companies oh, yeah. here who started learning German. Um, then I started hiring people, but that was always freelance. Yeah. So that was okay. But I couldn't really hire people in Mexico, right? So full time. And, uh, and then I, I said, okay, I have to move the whole business to Mexico. And that was really hard because in Mexico, in order to open a business, you need to be two. Yeah. And then I, I had some people saying to me, look, if, if you just need a signature, I can help you with that. And theoretically, it, it could be also another foreigner, but it makes it just so much easier having a Mexican. Um, and then I realized, no, I, I, just, I don't need just a signature. I, I, I actually need help because when everything started growing and I realized this is just, wow, how, how am I going to do this, right? So I started looking for a business partner and... Um, if anyone has ever been in this process of, of looking for a business partner, um, it is very, very hard to, to have good business partners who actually share your vision, who share your, your values as well, um, who are as much into it as you are, especially if they're not the ones who started it. And I must say, I was extremely lucky, I guess. Um, so I started working in beginning of 2017, uh, with my business partner and she is still my business partner and still the best, I must say. How did you find um, her? How did I find her? So I, I basically, I had a list of five people and I guess this is interesting. If anyone is ever looking for a business partner, I made a list of five people, three guys and two women. Um, all of them were Mexicans and, uh, I realized a guy, <laughs> um, it would be very difficult because uh, I think for a lot of guys, it would be very difficult to, to accept the way I am, um, <laughs> which can be very much about like taking the decisions. And, uh, and then there's a lot of cultural uh, differences, right? So I think for a guy, it would be very, very difficult. Um, and then I had two women on that list and I contacted both without telling them the real idea. You already just, knew them or these were already I knew friends? Them. Or, yeah. 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 I knew, no. I, well, so one of them was my friend and the other one was someone I worked with. And I realized with the friend that it was very difficult because just during the phone call, when I asked her about, about her life and, and what she wanted to do, I realized, okay, no, <laughs> it's not going to work because I can't even tell her my real thoughts because she's my friend. And then my actual, actual business partner, Nayeli, um, so she was working with me. She was one of our Spanish teachers and, uh, and we started talking about the idea. And then like in December, 2016, I told her, look, just think about it. Um, I would like to do this and this with you, 
um, and think about it. Maybe talk to you to talk to your husband as well, because this might going to change a little bit some things in your life. And then she said, okay, yeah, I'll think about it. And uh, after Christmas we talked and, and she said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, she wasn't one. And I guess this is also very important because you need to see what, what do you need as a business partner, right? For example, she, she was a very good teacher. She was very, we had the same values. Um, we shared a lot of things in life, but she wasn't one, one of the most experienced in, in business. She, her background is a lawyer. And, and, and I don't know anything about the whole lawyer stuff. So I guess that was good for me as well. And I have the business background. So I actually did not even need anyone who thinks that much about yeah. strategy as I do. Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess whenever you guys are looking for a business partner, just think about what do you actually need? What is important? Yeah. So it's not just like, who do I like or who can I trust? But maybe the, the question in the first place should be, you know, what skills am I looking for that can, you know, supplement? What, what skills do I need? And I look for the person who has that skills. And then, yeah, of course, you need to be able to trust that person. And, you know, the same values like the things that you mentioned. Okay, so, yeah. So that was your strategy. You basically partnered up with a local, a Mexican, a lawyer on top of that. So I guess that really helped when signing all the contracts and hiring people locally, I guess. Yeah. Um, so is it, I mean, can a, a language call in Mexico, I mean, uh, earnings in, in Mexico are well lower than in Western Europe. Like, can you, is it possible to have uh, like a lucrative, to build a lucrative language school in, in Mexico? Is it really a matter of, is it important to scale or like tell us a little bit about so yeah, very good point, Jan, because this started to be to be the problem actually. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, we we had then this this school and and people started recommending us and like every four or five months we added another classroom. We were constantly hiring new people, um, and then as you said, we started hiring people also for administrative work. And then I guess what, what changed very much my perspective, and again, trust the process of life, is that uh, after only like three months after we started being business partner, we had signed the contract, I received a phone call from my family in, in Germany. And uh, my sister told me that my dad was about to die. And uh, that was like out of the blue. So never, ever had I expect something like that. And, uh, and so I, I took the flight to Germany 24 hours later, I was with him and I stayed for two months. So he died and then I stayed with my family. Hmm. And I think this just gave me a complete new perspective because I, re I realized then, okay, now they are actually running the business without me. Yeah. And, and that was also on an emotional level. It was very hard, I guess. Yeah, I remember the moment when, when I saw the first student in our database that I didn't know personally, it was, it, I remember it perfectly. It was a Japanese guy who started learning Spanish with us. And, and I was like, okay, I don't know him. And that had never happened before. And I realized, okay, maybe, maybe this is necessary. And um, yeah. And, and I realized, okay, so now I, I, I have this team and, and they don't need me that much anymore. <laughs> Um, I mean, yes, I did participate in meetings, et cetera, but uh, I think this was like the first like real change and like my perspective changed a lot. And um, yeah, I think what happened then after, after that is, is that we started hiring more people, more teachers. Um, every semester we grew like 200%, but the thing is we lost control. And as you said, it was not scalable. So for every more income if we just see it from a business perspective um that we wanted to make we had to make more effort as well because we we needed more teachers um we needed more physical space we needed more trainings we needed more coordinators who who would uh, coordinate the teachers and uh, we lost the control and uh, i think this is also part of it right that uh, mm -hmm. so we started losing the, the control and, and we realized, okay, this is going too fast. We, we're growing too fast. So how many students did you have at the peak? 
at the peak uh, because we, we always continued with the with the online business so we what we did is that people who came to Mexico um, or came to our physical school would a lot of them would continue online afterwards which was great yeah. Um, yeah. but still like in total the online and offline um, we had 50 teachers 50 50 50 really yeah 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 that was our oh. peak um, I mean, not all of them working full-time, but many of them working full-time and, um, and 50 teachers and over 500 students per month. Over 500 students. Well, I didn't know that. And these were all, or most of them were like students who came to the classroom and then continued online. Exactly. Because they were afterwards. coming from the university. They were coming because of the industry here um, german has always been the top language here and then spanish for foreigners of course and then uh, a lot of them moved away to other countries to other cities within mexico but they continued with us because they knew us on a personal level so i guess the learnings from that were the offline business is is great if you if you want this human contact yeah if you if you want you know, like if you're not looking into scaling your business, but what I realized, and I always wanted it to grow because I had a vision and, and, and the vision was not what mm. I was doing. And mm. I realized, okay, the problem here is now that we can't grow that way anymore. And then this problem that I guess a lot of people have when they start their business, new ideas, right? So I started having a lot of ideas and I started working on those ideas and I never had a clear focus. And then what changed again, the whole vision was when I, when I went to the, uh, back then it was called the uh, Language Influencer Summit, which I guess now is called the Langpreneur Summit. Or yeah. Yeah. We haven't done another summit after, after that one. But yeah, if we, if we were about to do a new summit, then I guess the new name would be Langpreneur the Langpreneur Summit, yeah. But that event you mean last year in, in March, right? Last in Berlin, year. exactly. Yeah, last year, 2019 in Berlin, yeah. And that was a complete like coincidence again. So my plan wasn't to, to go to Germany in, in, in March because I would go in May and I thought I can't go in March and in May. Um, but then I, I had to go because of, of some taxes stuff and, and signature stuff I had to do in Germany. So I had to go. And then I said, okay, I'm in Germany now, so I, I think I registered like maybe three days before the event <laughs> um, or something like that. And I actually, I had a very clear idea of, of what I wanted to, to take the time for. And that was actually another idea I had back then. So I didn't even want to think about my uh, online or offline business or something like that. Um, but then, and I guess this is, well, one of the recommendations I really once you're surrounded by, by people who, who struggle, who have struggled with the same issues, um, it's so much easier to, to gain a new perspective, to get other opinions. And also being away from your actual business yeah. helps a lot. Right? Sometimes it's just the location, you know, they say, I think I once read, and I, you know, I've also experienced this myself many times, that when you move to another place, you're more likely to change your, your behavior. And exactly. that's also, I guess, a reason why we always do these events in different places, right? Because, I mean, I've lived abroad. Well, I am abroad now. I am living abroad technically in, in Belgium, originally from the Netherlands, of course. But like if I look back on my life and I, you know, look back at those times that I moved to another country, those were the moments where I changed as a person, right? Where you learn to speak another language, you get in touch with other people. So I guess... You, you experienced that in Mexico and then, and then maybe also in Berlin. But yeah, tell us, so what was the thing that you, the idea that you wanted to discuss or that you came up with by talking to, to those people? Yeah, it was really like no one, no one told me about that, but I think it was exactly as you said, that the, the fact that I, I wasn't like, I changed the location for a couple of days. Uh, I was with different people, different perspectives. So Basically, then I started thinking about uh, having a scalable business because I realized the problems that we had, that we couldn't grow that way. I realized that, but I didn't know any better. And so again here, I think 
so I made this list and, and I thought about, okay, what are the advantages of our offline business? What are the advantages of our online yeah. business? As I said, I guess this is really everyone needs to, to think about that the advantages of the offline business, the direct contact with people, yeah. but then also the competition, right? In my case, that was, we didn't have any competition and any kind of school who, who, who tried after us because it was such a demanding job. And I realized this offline school could only exist because I, because I was working and maybe two or three others, we were all working seven days a week, like a lot of hours. And I realized that was the only reason why, why this could still exist because we were willing to, to give our lives. And, uh, and so basically the offline school then like less competition could be the case, yes, because the online world is, is huge in terms of com competition. But then I realized, okay, this competition thing, maybe I just need to find a niche. Maybe I just need to go another way to not have that much competition or to, to just be different. Um, and the advantages of, of offline is also in terms of, uh, in terms of selling courses or selling uh, languages is is also it happens on a personal level mm -hmm. right the way you convince people is is completely different and now up to you to to see what is better or what suits you more mm -hmm. um and the advantages of this online business then scalable and then i also realized even more international and uh so i got back from this language summit with you guys in, in, in Berlin, talked to my business partner and we started working on a complete new strategy. And uh, we left the offline. So we, basically we, we kept the offline business still, but just because we didn't know how to, I don't want to say get rid of it, but the people mattered, of, mattered a lot yeah. Yeah. more because of the people. Um, and, uh, and then COVID came. <laughs> and then you were forced to... To exactly. Go online. exactly. So we started the whole focusing on online uh, strategies. We started in 2019 and then COVID made us, well, closing the, the, the whole offline, the whole physical part. And then like two months ago, we, we closed it uh, officially. Um, yeah. And uh, that was very hard for, for our students but then we had realized because we had worked on on a complete new strategy which was more focusing on on the niche and um and we realized that that worked very well tell us tell us a little bit about that niche because we talk about niche all the time here and you said once you go online i mean you had this cool no competition if was anybody in town who wanted to learn german they came to you but then you go online and you search for I don't know, aprende alemán or learn German, Deutsch lernen, then you get, you know, there's like tons of websites. So right. what was your idea? Like, how do, you, how do you think, or how can you guys compete to the rest these days? Yeah. So first of all, um, we sat together and we realized, okay, what are our strengths? Um, and that was in terms of the languages that we offered, because we had... 12 languages and mm. and then those like small languages that only maybe two or three students would, would take those classes like languages that are more exotic like Japanese and and some other uh, smaller languages for Mexico let's say um, and so what we said okay let's focus on on our strengths and our strengths are definitely German and Spanish for foreigners. So these are our two strings. And then we have indigenous languages, but this is more, the third uh, part is more like, let's say coming from our heart and because we know that mm. it's very necessary for society, not because people are hugely interested in that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, okay, we said, okay, let's focus on German and on Spanish. And then we said, okay, because we, we're a team, we're business partners. We said, okay, you focus on, on so me in this case, I, I started focusing just on, on German and my business partner would keep the business alive meanwhile <laughs> so that we would still have the stable income with what we were already doing. Um, and I think this was great because then we already had an income uh, stream and, uh, 
And that helped a lot because we could invest money from that income stream to put it into what we wanted to focus on. Yeah. It helped a lot. Um, yeah. And then we, we were thinking, okay, um, as you said, when you, when you type like uh, Deutsch lernen, learning German, a lot of things pop up and, and, and a lot of people already have their name and it's never the idea to copy anyone, but to be just different. And what I realized is one of my advantages is that I know other languages. So I actually don't need to do this whole thing in English. I can totally do it in Spanish and I really like Spanish. And I realized we started doing it in English, but I realized I really got to their hearts when I spoke to those clients in Spanish. Then I realized, okay, this Latin American market, there is very few people who actually explain the German language, being a native speaker of yeah, the German yeah. language, mm-hmm. in There's tons of people out there who do it in English, but very few who do it in Spanish. Online, so you mean. Online. Internet, yeah. Exactly. So that was then what we started focusing on. We, we, we said, okay, our market is the Hispanic market. So Latin America and Spain. And a little less Spain, because we have less experience with the European market. But I know the Mexican market very well, and and um, the rest of the Latin of the rest of the Latin American countries as well. So we started just focusing on that. We started creating content in Spanish for beginners as well, because another thing that we realized is when people already know German, they're already used to the way they started. So let's say they're in A2 or B1 level, they're already used to a certain way of learning the language, maybe also to a certain teacher. Um, and that was harder. And we said, okay, we want to focus on complete beginners. Um, and yeah, so this is what we started doing. And uh, since then, we started building our YouTube channel about that um, Instagram account, which we grew in four months to almost 4,000 followers now. Not really, and just four months. Exactly. And, and in just four months, 4,000 followers, it's, it's big number, but it's really not about the number. It's really about the engagement yeah. because we, whenever we do any lives, we started uh, doing uh, corporations as well with uh, actually Latins who live in Germany or Austria or Switzerland. Mm. Um, and that worked very well as well. Um, and what we realized is we wanted to give those clients a true value and the true value is that we would speak to them in their language but being native speakers of the german language yeah um, trust us as well yeah so let's just summarize the process here then so well you decided well you so first basically you made um you, you made two lists right with the benefits and the disadvantage with the advantages and disadvantages of of going online and, uh, you know, some of the disadvantages, of course, is that you lose the personal connection. But a big advantage is that, you know, you have a scalable business and that you can go to bed um, early if, if you want and don't need to spend the whole night working and thinking and, you know, worrying about the business. Um, so you came to that event in Berlin. You got a few ideas. You got back and then you sat down and you thought, okay, what are, what are the strengths? Well, the strengths were that you, that you speak Spanish can teach German, you're a native speaker, and you can do all of that in Spanish. So you, that's what the, the niche that you chose. And then, yeah, why YouTube and Instagram and not blogging, for example? Do you have, like, how do you? Because um, once you know your market, you, you realize how to build a connection. So as I said, this personal connection from the offline business, this is something that I like a lot. Um, and secondly, I also realized over the years that it's not about, for me at least, this, these are my values, right? It's not about getting 1,000 people who start something with you, but who don't end it, right? Mm-hmm. So what I wanted and what I realized is if you have a personal connection with people, they stick to you and it's easier for you to motivate them, especially mm-hmm. if we focus on, on complete beginner so our idea for them and for us is to get them to at least be one level. So this might take a year and a half, two years. So you have someone 
who is hopefully over two years your client and not only for one course that you yeah. sell, yeah. right? And uh, so I guess this was the reason we realized that through videos instead of blogging, for example, we could build a stronger bond, a stronger connection. Um, YouTube less than Instagram. Instagram is even stronger. Instagram is, is uh, very, very popular in Latin America. I'd even say more popular than in Europe. Yeah. Um, and so through the lives, through stories, um, posts as well, but not that much, we actually managed to have, obviously it's not the same connection, but we actually managed to have a very strong connection with more people, right? Yeah. And, and so that's when we focused on Instagram and YouTube. And what is it exactly that you sell? One-on-one -on -one lessons or also online courses? Um, so we started with online courses um, and then again, COVID made us change a lot of things. So we realized, so having the Latin American market in terms of uh, the need in this market, huge. Um, in terms of how to work with people, we know the market. So again, another advantage. Disadvantage is the money, right? So, I mean, this is a, a world crisis. A lot of people lost their jobs. But let's say if you focus on European markets and, and Europeans lose their jobs, they have savings. Um, a typical person from Latin America doesn't have any savings. So we weren't able, even though the quality of those courses was, was extremely high, um, we weren't able to sell them anymore, not even to discount prices because people just didn't have money. And, and they wrote us, they said like, I really want to, but I just can't, not even with their credit card. So what we changed then, um, and we focused on that, we started focusing on that in June this year, so just four months ago, um, we, we converted it into a membership model. Hmm. And so we realized with that membership model, we used the courses that we, already, that we had already created, um, worked on them to always like constantly improve them as well. Um, but with that membership model, um, we can offer a lower price, uh, a monthly price that people in Latin America can pay for. Yeah. And what do they get when they join the membership? Access to that course? Is there like community? All levels. Uh, so from A1 to, to B1 uh, courses. Um, a complete like guideline how to go through it. Exercises, exams, certificates and the community, of course. Mm. And what, like, are you still teaching the, uh, the old students like who, who came to your school? Still doing that one-on-one -on -one or they're also joining exactly. the membership? We're doing it one-on-one and um, we're still in the process of, so basically also for our members. So we have, uh, we have the membership uh, program, which is like the basic level, let's say. And then obviously they can add services on top. Yeah. Most people don't, but they can theoretically, right? Um, so they can participate in, in challenges to practice things, to send us their audios and we correct them. Um, and also one-to-one -one classes, but this is way less. And the advantage is that now it's, it's not the same amount of, of workload anymore because it's, it's less compared to, to the membership model. Um, and the advantage is that um, now we have, we don't depend anymore on this one-to-one -one thing. Like on a, seeing it from a financial point of view, we don't depend on that any, anymore. Yeah. Now we have, we have two um, revenue streams. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you've done both now offline language teaching and online language teaching. Like how can you compare the both like financially, but also like, are they both as fulfilling? Or? Um, very, very good question. So I think for me personally, and I, I guess that's one of the advice that I would like to give is, is, follow your instincts, right? So think about again, what you want. Is this personal contact really, really important to you? Um, well, then maybe it's, it, because it is not the same personal contact. Let's, let's face it, it's not. Yeah. For me personally, it was 1000% the right decision. And I'm still very, very grateful for this language influencer summit or language <laughs> 
I didn't know that you, that you were going this direction after the event. It's, it's good to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was great because I, I've never been a person who, who needed like, uh, people to tell me what to do. Yeah. I just always needed inspiration mm -hmm. and, and find my own way. And I think this is important, finding your own way. So my personal experience with that is I think the offline business uh, was necessary in order to be where I am right now or to be where we are with the business right now. So it was definitely necessary because also another advantage of having an online business, we talked about the competition, but also this expert status, right? Oh, yeah. So having an expert status on a local level is, is way easier um, especially if you're a little exotic, yeah. like it is my case in, in yeah. Mexico. Right? So, Blonde hair in Mexico, tall, I guess. And, and so university started to invite me to, to give talks in, in, in schools, uh, local cultural programs invited me to, to give talks about what we do um, and even like bigger programs. And, and, and I guess that was also part of the process because then I realized this expert status, which is also important, um, was way easier on a local level. So um, I guess it was definitely necessary and, and a beautiful experience. Um, I don't regret it at all, um, but it was like from the workload and, and everything we've gone through, really not easy. And those who are listening to this podcast, I, I bet that they're all also interested in languages because otherwise, Mm. This is my cat coming in. <laughs> oh, nice. What's his name? Ayus, like Ayus. Ayus. Yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, um, I think this was very important as well um, to the experience to have that. And everyone who's interested in languages and who wants to start a language business, I think what you really need is that you can even compare it to language learning, right? So what you need for language learning is the courage to do it, to start, uh, the endurance as well, and the learning from mistakes. And we did tons of mistakes, and I guess we, we will be doing more mistakes in the future. Um, we will be making more mistakes even, and the learning from that is very important. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree that there are so many parallels between language learning and starting an online business, right? And actually, I talked about this on um, on John's podcast from Language Mastery about those parallels, but exactly. I mean, if you can learn a language, you can start an online business as well. But I guess you first need to have that motivation, right? And if you have that, then you can just figure out how to do it. You surround yourself with people who have already done it or native speakers you know, in, in the case of language learning. And then, Correct. Well, and then you do some of the things that we mentioned here on the podcast, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, well, very interesting. Um, so what's the way forward for what you're doing? Is it 100% online or is it maybe a combination of online and also do some, some local events to, you know, to keep having that connection like we are doing at Langpreneur? Most yeah. of it is online, but we also do some events every now and then just for, you know, to talk to, to you guys and, because it's fun as well. Is that something that you're planning to do as well? Right. And, and I think this is also, again, like comparing online and offline. It, it is fun to have this offline part. It is fun to be in contact with the people. And that's also an important factor to have fun with, with what you're doing, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, regarding your question, yes. Uh, so we will definitely focus 100% on online things. And uh, we do have plans to do offline things, but not at all the same way uh, that we've done before. More like um, occasionally and more like focusing on those events, but not like a um, like always offline business. Yeah. And I guess the Polyglot Conference that would have been, you know, an example of an offline event. Uh, well, it's still actually an example because you guys are going to do it live in Chalula, what was this? What's Chulula, the name? Yeah. Chulula. Okay. Yeah. For the people who don't know where it is, it's like how far is it from Mexico City? Like two hours about or plus or something? State of Puebla, so it's the the heart of Mexico, and uh, it's about two hours from Mexico City. Yeah. So you are based there. Um, 
Yeah, tell us a bit about the Polygon Conference because it was supposed to take place uh, there in your town in October, right? Next month. Um, exactly. Instead, you guys took the event online. But next year, it will be, hopefully, uh, you guys will be able to run it there. Um, yeah, so t- tell us a little bit about that, uh, that experience because it's a huge event, right? With requires a lot of preparation, I guess. So Definitely. how did you find it to yeah tell us a little bit about the well the struggles i guess of facing covid well honestly as as everything in life i really see it as an opportunity really so basically the original plan was to have the polygon conference because it is a conference that um grew out of 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 an online community when richard sim got started this whole thing he started because the online community was there and he wanted to gather those people from the online community a couple of a couple of years ago. And so basically, um, usually the Polygon conference has every year a different location. Um, and this year in October 2020, it was supposed to happen in Cholula, Mexico. Um, and so now we, we're going to have an online version and I see it um, really as a huge opportunity because again, that way having it as an online version can include even more people. We're still going to do it hopefully next year in, in Cholula. So the plan is to do it next year in Cholula, but I say hopefully because we don't know how the whole COVID situation is going to be next year. Um, so um, I think this is a huge opportunity to include even more people um, and to, yeah, also build different skills and then maybe to have not only an offline conference but at the same time an online conference in the future as well right yeah um and i guess doing the i mean you guys are going to do it online now and well obviously way more people can join and i think you know that the online conference could actually be a very good lead magnet or a way to warm up all those people to come to mexico next year right so yeah with every setback comes an opportunity and i mean we've we had to cancel or postpone two events this year lengthener but we've definitely also seen the benefits of that so i guess it's all this offline experience is nothing that we can really replace it and it's really sad and and disappointing in the beginning but yeah, in the long term, there can always be opportunities. And I'm happy that you confirmed that here and that you're also seeing that. Um, yeah, so what can we expect next year? Or what can we expect in October this year and next year? In October, um, basically, the, the advantage for participants is that anyone can participate because um, the tickets are based on donation. So if really there is someone who can afford, like, then they can still participate. Why, like during an offline event, this would not have been possible because they would have at least travel expenses, right? Um, The ticket price is still then, uh, well, can be discussed, but the the travel expenses are there, definitely. So I think this is great for all participants. Really, everyone can participate. And then the way we're doing it is also completely different because we're not going to having we're not going to have like the typical talk. So we say like okay, uh, Friday at six p.m. we're going to start with the first talk. We run it more like a Netflix show. So basically, the conference in terms of the days is longer, and you're going to have access for ten days to all the videos because the videos of the speakers are pre-recorded, oh. um, and so they're going to have access to to those videos during the whole time of the conference, the ten days. And then that way, because also, again, let's, let's face it, why do people come to conferences? Yes, the talks are nice. And yes, you might go to a couple of talks. But the reason is because you want to connect with people, right? So during those 10 days, participants can really focus on, on the connection with others, on language exchanges, language chats, forums, um, and they can watch the talks whenever they want. But not like the specific time. So you also um, have like breakout rooms where people can gather exactly. and practice their languages and exactly. network. Exactly, exactly. And uh, uh, italki, which is one of the main sponsors, they're going to offer, um, well, they're offering to, to help us with their teachers so that there is also in different language rooms, there's also um, mm. people who, who are actually help you and 
and this is very nice. And um, so it's, it's a big opportunity because you can actually really through an online world or through this online conference, really connect with people, which is the main reason why most people participate in, in those yeah. conferences. Where can people go if they, want to, if they want to come, either join the offline event or if they want to come to Mexico next year? Uh, what's the question, sorry? Where, where can you go? What's the website? Or? Okay, so you can always uh, go to the website polyglotconference.com and uh, you'll find all information there. Um, what we're definitely going to do as well this year is to prepare people to show them a little bit more about Mexico, about traditions, cultural languages in Mexico. Um, so this is also great preparation um, to show people more during this online event this year uh, what they can expect from from the conference next year in, in, in Mexico. Which Thank nice. you. Any final thoughts or advice that you want to share with all the Langpreneurs, like some of the things, some of the most important things that you've learned over the last five years, building a language school first offline and then taking that online? So I think what is important when having a business, so we compared it already to the language learning process. I always compare it to the, four seasons of the year as well when 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 you learn a language and same when you when you start your business so we have the four seasons and there's a reason why we have four seasons right because otherwise nature wouldn't work so it can get very very windy during autumn it can also get very cold in winter um but then there's also spring and summer right and uh I think what is important, like everyone who, who currently has a language business or who, who's interested in starting one in the future, those seasons are very, very important in order to make it work because it's all about learning. Yeah. And yeah. my top advice would be to really adapt to, to all changes always. Yeah. So sometimes, I mean, most people don't like the winters, I guess, but sometimes it's good to you know, to take some time off and to sit down and to reflect and to to think about what it actually is you are doing and whether you are on the right track and not, and then make adjust, adjustments accordingly. And so for, um, for nature, the cold season is necessary in order to have flowers again in spring. Yeah. It wouldn't work. And, and same for, for the business. It is definitely necessary to have also the, the dark moments, um, in order to to find new opportunities to think about new opportunities as well yeah well great anya thank you for this very inspiring interview if people want to learn more about your work or if they want to follow your um yeah your work that you're doing for the spanish speakers uh, teaching german where can they go so um in terms of if you, if you just want to see a little bit our more about our business how we do things how even landing pages etc all this is on our website zaloalanguages.com, zaloa, Z-A-L-O-A, languages.com. And then if you have any questions, um, you can always just contact me um, on Instagram. Um, on Instagram, it's Anja, A-N-J-A, from Alemania. And um, yeah, you feel free to contact me if you have any comments, questions. And yeah, thank you for inviting me, for having me here. Yeah. Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website, langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.